All right, everyone. We are back with another episode of the Delta Flyers. And this week, we have none other than Tim Russ. So, Tim Russ, thank you. Congratulations on uh, being back as our, what, your third time now, maybe? Fourth? I don't know. You've you've been a... Yeah, second or third, at least. Yeah, a habitual guest. So thank you for that. We appreciate that so much. Yeah, we. uh, I can't believe Garrett and I got through the whole series every week for three and a half years. We did an episode and... uh, Oh, it's man. it's so and, funny because I was talking to Robbie earlier. I said it's two and a half years. Robbie's like, no, no, dude, it's three and a half years. I go, oh my god, but yeah. we just, I can't believe it. But we're through it. But we're now done. with this, uh, you know, this labor thing going on, the strike, the stag after strike, we yeah. uh, we can't do any more content that you know talks about projects. So uh, yeah. we were talking to Michelle Hurd on one of our podcasts and she said this, she said something that just struck me, which is she talked about the relationship between actors and the audience and how that is at the heart of why people watch these shows and, you know, elevating the actors talking about the creative process. That's what we should be talking about. So I, that's kind of what we're doing is we're, we're talking to our castmates and our friends, our actor friends about, you know, their creative process and, uh, and their yeah. relationship with the audience and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. so happy to have you here. Yeah. yeah. And okay. So we're going to begin with a little pre, before we get into the creative process, we're just going to begin with just the setup of your background. You were born yeah. in DC, Washington, right. DC, June, right. 20, June 22nd, 1956. You're 12 years older than me. You're year of the monkey, in the Chinese Zodiac, just like I am. McNeil is year of the dragon. So we are very good friends on the Chinese Zodiac. You, me, and McNeil were buddies. Okay. Uh, now, and I know you've moved around. So U.S. Air Force has moved you around. Yes. Turkey was a, a great part of your, of your growing up period, your formative years. Is that right? right? And then right. Rome as well. So one thing that's kind of new to me recently is the fact that you played football in high school and yes. that's something that beltran had no idea of when we were on stage in vegas he had no clue um but playing football I, I, you know just that just for, just for everyone's sake did you begin that in grade school like peewee did you play then or did you only play in high school no it was just high school varsity it seemed at the in, in high school and that was uh overseas in turkey because um you know, uh, there weren't as many kids over there. So, you know, yeah. for them to fill out a team, yeah. you know, everybody damn near had to play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, there's no way I could have played on a varsity team in a high school in the States um, unless it was in the middle of nowhere because <laughs> because the guys were, you know, three times my size okay. uh, in strength. So I, I, you know, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity because I was in a, you know, a place where there was only, <laughs> there was only a handful of guys to play football. Right. So, and you played uh, offense and defense, correct? Yes, you had to play yes. offensive the, defensive end. Well, offensive and defensive end. That's right. Which is a yeah. pretty big size, you know, position now in the NFL. At the end, yeah. they're big. Yeah. They're huge. I, I had to stay on the field the whole time because yeah. this went from one side to the other. So there was no break in there. Uh, it was wonderful. I was it was a kick in the pants, and um, um, I did have a wonderful moment. Uh, during one of the games uh, where I was able to score a touchdown on a pass and um, actually helped to save the game because the, we were behind by two touchdowns. So I got one of them. And, and, uh, the, the quarterback threw uh, a, just a Hail Mary for the last one and the, the receiver caught it in the end zone and we actually won. So 
That's exciting. That was, wow. That, yeah. You're the, you're a hero. That's a that's a big moment in high school to have yeah. a moment like that. That was a wonderful moment. Robbie, yeah. you know that Tim uh, Tim's middle name or middle initial is D uh, for Daryl. So TD, he's touchdown Russ is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, awesome, dude. Hundred years ago, and and uh, it Ooh. was one was very cool. Yeah. Wow. But when did you get the actual, you know, creative urge to start acting or your music? I mean, did it did that begin in grade school or is that yeah, high no, school later? That was the same place. I was in Turkey and I and we were in high school and I took uh, an acting class when I was uh, 16. At the time, I took an acting class and I thought it was just the most amazing thing in the world. It was so much fun. It was so interesting. Wow. Uh, and consequently, the, 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 the teacher put on a couple of musicals during that time and I was able to, I got cast in them and, and performed them. Oh, so the acting bug bit you in Turkey. Right there. Right there. Wow. Yeah. What mm. led you to take that first acting class though? Was yeah. anybody in your family doing theater or performing yeah. or? No, or well, why? at the time, at the time I was, uh, I was already by that time playing music. So I'd already yeah. you know, started playing guitar and playing music. My brother played drums so I was performing, you know, uh, you know, live in that sense prior yeah. to taking the acting class. And um, and then the acting class was just like, you know, it was almost like a, an elective, you know, thing. It was just like, let me do this just to see what it's like. And and it was just wonderful. It was amazing. I just uh, took to it and it and it was and it bit me. I got to say, that's what happened. It just bit me. And then, you know, I worked in the two shows at the time. So uh, the closest I came to otherwise before that was playing music, you know, and uh, it's still kind of the same thing in terms of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, compared to, to performing on stage live. So it's kind of the same thing. But your music, yeah. your music began in Turkey as well. That's yeah. when you started. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And what instrument did you play first? What was the first guitar? I was playing guitar. Guitar number was the first thing. OK. Yeah. 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 All right. Mostly. Actually, I started even before I got to Turkey. I think I started playing guitar when I was in Colorado Springs. Before we left to go there, I started playing guitar. And, and why did you choose that. that instrument, though? Was there someone that uh, a role model that played guitar that you've tried to emulate? Or? No, not, not really. It was just, you know, my brother was playing the drums at the time. So I figured, well, if he's playing drums, I'll play guitar. You know, <laughs> so if he was playing guitar. You'd be playing drums. Yeah, yes, yeah. I might have picked up drums. I don't know. I, I, I really like the guitar more than the drums, and hell, it's a lot easier to schlep around than a drum set. So that's true, uh, and a lot less noisy. Uh, you can play guitar; people don't mind, you know, as opposed to banging on drums. So, uh, <laughs> who are your Who are your guitar role models in terms of people who are super proficient at playing the guitar? Who do you love? Well, back well back in the day, the influences were Terry Kath of Chicago, uh, Carlos mm. Santana. Um, and a, few, a couple others, Hendrix, uh, but it, but those two mostly uh, Santana, Carlos Santana, and uh, and Pete and Terry Kath of Chicago. Um, and beyond that, there's some guys that are out there right now that are just incredible. But those were the ones that influenced me earlier on um, for even the style that I you know play uh, lead guitar in. So yeah, I was I was impressed by all of that. And and at the time, you know, rock was guitar driven. Um, mm. It sort of is still today, but mo it was really driven by guitar back then. So, um, you yeah. know, I just took to it and, and that was it. You know. Hmm. Did you ever play with your brother? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We played yeah. Uh, We played in a couple of different bands along the way. Played in a band in upstate New York in my uh, senior year of high school. And we played overseas in Turkey in a band as well. 
It was an wow. eight piece. Both those bands were eight piece, seven piece bands. We had three, a full horn section. Wow. You know, playing um, R and B time, and it was fantastic. And then after that, you know, I was off into school, and you know, we didn't get back together again to play until much, much later. And that was just intermittent, you know. But at the time, we played uh, both of those times. We played in upstate New York and also in Turkey, and it was a big, you know, seven eight piece band. Um, which was fantastic. You know? What grade were you in when you took that acting class? That first I, was one? In senior, I was a senior in high school. Senior oh, no, in high no, school. I that junior, junior in high school. Okay. Was, yeah. And also when you were in Turkey, uh, did your brother play football with you as well? No, he played, my brother played uh, junior varsity. Um, so JV he, football. Yeah, JV football. Yeah. yeah. But not varsity. No. Was there was there anything in that acting class? So you had, you just got bit by the bug. Yeah. Was there anything like that your teacher that that happened to you really early on that you still think about? Like, or did you learn things right at the beginning or or did you really learn things later in your acting kind of, you know, journey? Yeah, it, the, the most of the stuff, you know, that, that came in in terms of learning uh, techniques and or processes came in later on. And that was in college. Yeah. Most yeah. of the stuff that I got from the high school uh, class was just an introductory to improv and, and some scene work and things like that. Yeah. And and being in the shows, what yeah. what happened in, in, in that was actually being on stage and performing live in front of an audience. That's what did it. You know, that's yeah. what really that's what took it over the top was being out there on the stage, man. And, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. performing in front of a live audience, man, you, you know. Well, cool. yeah. Can you can you take us from the point of graduating high school in Turkey and then going to St. Edwards University, a Catholic college in Austin, Texas, of all places? What why what how did that happen? I mean, why did you choose that place? Well, you know, uh, you know, I sometimes think about, you know, the hindsight we have when we, we can't see into the future because otherwise that would be a Twilight Zone episode. Um <laughs> You know, and I always think about the fact that, you you know, you have to look at the you look at the path that you're on. All of us have this path that we've been on, but we can only go back and look and see, you know, what decisions we made at the time. And we have yeah. no idea how yeah. those things are going to play out. And this yeah. is a perfect mm-hmm. example. When I got out of high school, um, I had taken the, the SAT test and all that stuff. And then they you get offers from colleges and stuff mm-hmm. based on your interest in whatever the scores are. So. I got it. I got a, you know, a college invitation from Akron University, Akron, Ohio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a big established, you know, big university. And then I got this little one from St. Edward's University in Austin. And man, I looked at their theater program, which was unbelievable at the time. Really? And, uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was unbelievable. And I sold you clearly. One hundred percent. And there are a couple of stories to go with it, at least one story to go with it. But yeah, the at the end of the day, I said, this theater program is incredible. They have there. It's so focused, so heavily focused on theater. The idea and the concept was uh, Edward Mangum, who established the help uh, co-established the um, arena theater in Washington, D.C., Mm-hmm. He came to that college that didn't have a theater program, and he started the theater program. He got an wow. arena, theater, arena theater built on the campus. Wow. And he ran the program. And he would have celebrity actors from Hollywood come in and perform in the shows with the students. What? Wow. Three, <laughs> let's see, during the school year, two, two shows in the fall and the spring. So it's four shows during the regular school year. And three shows of repertory company theater shows in the summer. 
back-to-back rep company shows. Wow. Full on stage, full on wow. you know, all the goodies and every one of them with a celebrity professional actor out of Hollywood. That was his program. And huh. I actually had to take one or two prerequisite courses, you know, outside of theater every mm. semester. So I was yeah. averaging 11, 9, 10, 11 hours of theater start, wow. starting from freshman year. Whereas all the universities, you don't even get a chance to do anything until your last two years. Yeah. So <laughs> it started out as almost, it's like a uh, a training. It's like a like you went to a specific uh, uh, school, like an associate's degree school, and just focused on one thing. Yeah. In this four-year college, the idea was that when you got out, you could either work in any number of the areas of theaters and actually open your own theater. You, oh they would train God. you enough wow. that you start your own theater by the time you got out in four years. That's, that's what a, this school was. That's insane. I've I never heard like, of a school with that type of focus. Yeah, you know, I think one of my kids... Uh, my youngest Carter looked at St. Edward's pretty seriously because their really? their whole liberal arts program is incredibly strong. Wow. And he was he was playing rugby at the time, and they had a big rugby team at St. Edward's. There you go. They did, I don't know if they did when you were there, but no, they didn't have any. No, there was oh. not. That was not their thing at the time. Yeah. Oh, that, that would have been perfect for Carter, but he didn't yeah. go there though. He didn't. He do did that. not. He was very close to going there, That's but it's crazy. a great school. I I remember looking at it and. then Wonderful it's a school. great school and Austin's a great town. Did you have great experiences in Austin as a, like in oh, the yeah. city? Austin yeah. was fabulous because the, the, the University of Texas is almost all downtown Austin. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a 40, 50,000 student uh, university. So it's yeah. very diverse. It's very cosmopolitan. It's very progressive. And it's, you know, there was a lot of music that came through Austin as well. Oh, yeah, uh, I bet great, you love great. that. That was because uh, <laughs> with your musical passion, like yeah. Austin is an <laughs> yeah. amazing it was, town. It was fantastic. It was party town, great party you, town. You and, were a hog in high heaven in Austin. You got everything wow. there. And that for university, four, right? For four what, years. What celebs great. came uh, what celebs do you recall yeah, coming do in to recall? do yeah, productions with you guys? Uh Roger Mosley, who I think was on a series before uh we got there, and um also uh, William Shatner was there. What? what? William Shatner came through and did uh, does a tiger wear necktie. Necktie. That was the play he did. Wow. Uh, and, and and there's more than that. Uh, Mercedes McCambridge we worked with. Donnie Most we worked with. Wow. Um, the late um, Salminio. Salminio. Oh my God. Uh, Godfrey Cambridge. Um, and a few others. And there's one actor in particular who came through, who I worked with in the play called Caligula. And that was Leonard Nimoy. Whoa. Nimoy wow. was in Caligula with you. Oh, Correct. holy moly. Wow. God. I've never heard this. I had no <sighs> idea. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. And so obviously, what are your memories of, of Leonard? Of Did you yeah. get to interact with him much? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we would put wow. the we would stage the play and block the entire show out before the celebrity actor would get there. Yeah. They would get there about two weeks before the actual performance. Okay. So we would have the entire play blocked out. Yeah. They would sit and watch the performance with the student playing the role of the actor the actor is going to play. Right. And so the actor watches the entire play through. Then they start blocking rehearsals the next day. So at the time, I was understudying his role, playing the role of Caligula. Wow. And, and That's then, incredible that you end up playing a Vulcan. 
Yes. And then we watched oh. it and, and, and he, you know, he played and did his own style in his own way of performing Caligula and playing it, sure. which was not necessarily classical. The way we were directed was in a classical style yeah. uh, with, with how we how we walked, how we talked, how we physically sat. Everything everything was done in a classical style. Yeah. But he did it more of a modern style. So he kind of fit that into mm-hmm. what uh, he did. But at the end of the day, I end up playing a character based on his character. That's crazy. Yeah. Did he ever come up to you after you got onto the show and said, hey, St. Edwards, did that ever happen with you guys? Oh, no, well, I think I did bring it up when I talked to him briefly. I said, we worked together on Caligula. And he remembered. Absolutely. Yeah. Remembered. yeah. Um, it was a very cool play and uh, a very intense part. So, um, but you were, a, but Tim, you were his, you were a fan of his, right at that point. Yes. Well, it, yeah, I mean, we were, uh, as I've always said, we were watching. All of us were watching reruns. Yeah. They just, it just kept doing this constantly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's no, and there's nothing else. I mean, there's no streaming. Yeah. There's no, uh, you right. know. DVD. But in comparison, in comparison to the other guests that came in from Hollywood, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to go on a limb and say, you name. were more, yeah, you were more yeah, excited about name. Shatner and Nimoy being there yeah. than the other, was, the other four or five. Or, yeah, well, he was yeah. a wow. very good, yeah, he was a very big name uh, yeah. to have in at the time. He he garnered a lot of attention, a lot of for sure. stuff. So absolutely, and yeah. and again, you know, uh, Edward Mangum, who was the guy, the theater director at the time, was just he was brilliant that he ran that program the way he did. So. We ultimately, uh, you know, as it were, down the line. Again, you can't see into the you can't see into the future. Right. You can't yeah. see what's coming in the future. Right. Um, but that is, uh, yeah, I would have had no idea, not clue, not a dream, not a, anything yeah. that would have, you know, led to so many decades after that, you know, ending up playing that uh, that role. So yeah. yeah. So what are the creative? processes or tools in your toolbox that you learned in college that you still dip into when you're approaching a character or a scene or play or whatever? I think the, uh, one of the things I learned in college was a concept of of phenomenology. It's what the, it's a term that's a scientific term that applies to several different things, but one of the professors used it in terms of, of, of getting, extracting everything you need to get out of the script. Phenomenology in that concept has to do with everything that is needed to understand the whole is within the whole. So you need to have whatever you're getting from that character is coming from what you have is the information from the script, getting all that information from what's in front of you, what, what's been mm-hmm. written and trying to put together and, and create that character based on what's, what the, what the word is, you know, right. Um, and the word is important. Yeah. It, it comes down to being more important than anything else, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it makes so much sense. I was in an acting class not long. I was I was auditing an acting class a while ago. It was years ago. And I, and I remember sitting in there and these uh, students got up and they were doing a scene um, that they had chosen together. And, you know, about halfway through it, the one of the actors says something to the other actor and the and the and the teacher stopped him and said, wait a minute, that makes it's not realistic. It makes no sense. It's not real. It's not genuine. That mm. person would never say that under these circumstances. The other person that says, where did you get that material from? And it was something that they had written. You know, one of the two of them had written themselves. Mm. And mm. so they, she was making the point that it was not a realistic 
moment. It was not an honest, realistic moment based on the motivation of the characters mm -hmm. because they did not have the word right. The word wasn't wasn't mm -hmm. written properly and correctly. And mm -hmm. we know that when we see something dramatically enacted, you know, sometimes we sit up and said, wait a minute, mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't make sense or that's not believable or this is that and the other thing. So if you got to create this moment, this character, and you're building this, the layers of this person, you got to be able to, to, to glean whatever you can out of the material. What are the actions of the character? What do they decide to do? What are they, you know, how does that, how does that work? Well, th this leads me to a question. Yeah. When you have had as an actor, even when we work together, when you've had a creative difference yes. with the script where you're like, mm, this doesn't make sense or playing it this way or saying these words. Right. How do you navigate that creative difference, uh, whether it's on set or beforehand with the writers or even if you don't get the change you you hoped for? Right. How do, how do you um, navigate that conflict that you feel? and make make the the performance make sense how do you deal with those creative conflicts it depends because if it's an if it's an independent project say for example an independent feature yeah and those are just you know they go from one end of the planet to the other as far as the scope and scale um generally before i even get started you know i let them know that you know and for me to take this role i'm gonna want to be sure that everything makes sense with this character the dialogue is working and I'd like to have the opportunity to to change the dialogue if I feel it needs to be changed. And that may just be just because it, it's it's repetitive or it's uh, roughly or phrases yeah. or you know, just just to have that opportunity. But if there's a major motivational thing, I will definitely bring it up with them. If it's a television project, a television show, most of the time they're all pro writers, so it's not mm -hmm. that much of a. I don't have to change anything. It's all there on the paper, and it's it works just fine. I might ask for clarification about something here and there that comes up. I might say, well, does that mean this, that, and the other thing, whatever, for clarification. Yeah. Generally, I'm not on there trying to, you know, change the direction of the whole scene or the character because I usually don't have to. But if it's an independent project where people are, you know, maybe striking out for the first time in their script or whatever, and they don't have experience writing, then, yeah, I'm going to have something to say about it. Even before we get started, I'm going to look at that thing and I say, I want the latitude to be able to discuss the character's motivation and or all the way down to just the way the dialogue is written uh, in mm -hmm. one scene or another. So uh, I will approach them and I will ask uh, in, in a minute if something done, doesn't make sense. You know, if it's contradictory, you know, you have me doing one thing in one scene and something in another that drives me mad. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not consistent you know, in terms of what the character's motivation is, unless you give the character something that he sees or does or whatever, or something happens to him that changes his mind, that shifts his perspective. Yeah, sure. Then it's in the script. It's in the it's in it's, the stuff. It sounds like you do a lot of research and you're very meticulous about that. When let me ask you this, when you get on set and you've done your research, you don't have a problem with the words or what the script says or anything like that, but you get on set. And the actor across from you is doing something that you don't expect or that, or yeah. that, you know, the actor yeah. is like doing something that they haven't, you know, they've gone off on a, on a tangent somehow. 
How do you deal with that creative difference if, yeah. you're the, when, if you're a scene partner with somebody? Yeah, Tim, when that person's in another reality, okay, an alternate reality that's not your reality, how do you deal with that? Uh, that's a that's a tricky bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So far, so far, I haven't <laughs> had, I haven't had to worry about that, or I haven't had to deal with that. Good. You know, especially on television and film, I've been very lucky. You are lucky. Really, the only thing that I might have run into is that their performance may not be, you know, up to par or it might be subpar or might just they could do a little better with the performance and that's it. And in those, otherwise, if I have a situation with an actor like that, I'd have to go to the director, whoever's in, you know, running the show hmm. or producer, whatever it is, and discuss with them and said, look, I don't know how, I'm not sure if that's going to work with what I'm doing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'd ask them, does that look like it's working or is that sense <laughs> to you? Because yeah, because you tough. you've got to you got to be careful with fellow actors. You if do. you're an actor with another actor, <laughs> to go to that actor and say, yeah. "Hey, you should do this," or "Don't yeah. do that." You can't do you that. Can't. No, you can't. no, you can't. no. You can't. It's like giving them a line reading, basically. No, no. You've got, yeah. you've got to you use the director. That. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. You have to go to the director or producer and just exactly. You know, uh, here's yeah. You know, I'm wondering if this is going to. I'm wondering yeah. if this is going to work. What do you think? I mean, I'm doing this and he's doing that or she's doing that. And this is not, yeah. this is funky. I don't know if this is going to play or not. Um, fortunately, again, I have I have not had anything that was that dramatic uh, in terms of an issue like that. Uh, I've just had uh, maybe a couple of occasions where the other person might not have been as uh, as experienced as I was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, that that was all there was. And, you know, in some cases like that, the director would would work on them and, get them up to speed. So I've been very lucky. Uh, I do have a, sorry. I do have a question. Um, your father was in the Air Force. Your mother worked for the government. So neither yeah. of them were in the theater or in the performing arts or music. So the question remains, did they support your decision to major in theater when you went to um, college? I'd say my mother was, was supportive uh, more than my dad was. My dad wanted me to, uh, he would have liked me going to the military and followed his tracks. Okay. So he was not excited about me going to study theater uh, at that university. But um, he did not forbid you either. So no, he, he did not he, stop me. He just didn't just didn't think it was uh, going to pay off at all down the line. And you know, it's yeah, being in the military and being in something that's very secure and uh, financially secure and 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 would establish a career compared to that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, did you do you yeah. remember the time where you finally got validation from your father of where he kind of looked yeah, at you and said, been, "Hey." Yeah, yeah. it would have been when I was here uh, in L.A. and I was performing in uh, Dreamgirls at the Schubert Theater. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a fourth male uh, principal role in that show. So uh, he came to see the show and was very excited about that. Very yes. excited about that. Yeah. Do you know Roxanne Dawson was an usher at the Schubert Theater, we found out? No way, really? She was. She ushered wow. for chorus line. So not far before your Dreamgirls. That's true. Think, That's absolutely wait, true. Would she have she been there then? She might have been an usher for. <laughs> for been an usher I think she might have maybe, or she may yeah. have left. She might be. She might have been in dream. I mean, in chorus line at that point. Right. But that's crazy. You both performed at the Schubert, at Schubert. which is no longer there. Sadly, <laughs> it's no that, longer here. It's gone. That yeah. Theater is no longer there. Yeah. 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 It's gone. Did yeah. you, Tim? Yeah. Did you make that decision to go to Illinois State because you felt like you wanted more? time to, before moving to LA or New York? I mean, what was the, at the, you know, at the time the, uh, they offered me a fellowship. So they were going oh. to pay me a stipend uh, per month to, uh, to, to be a student in a graduate program there. 
Wow. And um, it was very uh, disheartening, uh, that whole uh, thing, because I would have had to stay there like another year to get my master's, and I chose not to. I was there for about a year. Oh, you um, left? Okay. Yeah, I did. Freezing my keister off in the winters there. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I've never seen cold like that before. Um, but it was a different, that was an academic uh, program, more okay. so than more so than what I was doing at St. Ed's. I came out of St. Ed's, St. Ed's yeah. with, this, you know, this visceral, organic, you know, hands-on sort of experience, you know, in all these areas of theater, being able to, you could write, you could play right, you could direct. I was directing plays at St. Ed's in my second year. I was actually Good directing one acts on, on an arena theater stage. I mean, yeah. just, you what? could do anything. and you, And then I'm going up here and it's all, concepts and book i mean it's just it yeah, was and just, you're freezing your keister off and yeah, basically and off. yeah, yeah exactly. i mean it's a letdown let's, let's face yeah. it it's a letdown because you were at the superstar program for the undergrad so now you're trying to get the mfa at illinois state you're freezing your butt off there's no celebs coming in to do yeah. productions with you guys nope, it's nope, it's nope. like it, it's like you went from eating like filet mignon to oatmeal it was so plain <laughs> you were like oh yeah. no I like, I like oatmeal garrett I, I, yeah. you know, oatmeal's sometimes, good for you sometimes oatmeal's good. cholesterol it's got a lot of benefits <laughs> i got some i got some bits and pieces from there um yeah. you know academically that i could uh use uh here and there you know since that time i've got something out of it right it just wasn't i just didn't feel i wanted to stay another year Yep. There, I wanted to get out to California, so I just decided to. Well, I'm going to cut out and go do this instead. So, 84, 85. What was the year that you moved? Moved uh, back to California in '80, yeah. and then oh, came '80. Yeah, in '80, and then came down to LA in '81. '81. Okay, so you were you were because your first credits don't happen until around '85. So you were putzing yeah, around for about yeah. four years, right? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm you know I'm trying to you know pay rent and uh, find of course. Place. Some of bullshit course. job to, to keep me alive and pay, you yep. know, all that stuff. So I was, you know, uh, struggling like everybody else that comes here for the first time for at least right. five, six years. Yep. And then finally. It, it worked out for you, though, Tim. It worked out. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out. I, I would not have been able to see that necessarily in front of me. I just no. uh, I made a couple of decisions here and there and bingo. And in fact, one of those decisions that I have to look, I can only look back on was just uh, one of the agencies I was with at the time. Um, I was going to leave them uh, for another agency because they weren't, to me, they weren't getting me in the door for larger projects. And hmm. so I was going to leave and I, I talked to the, uh, and the receptionist there um, said, you know, why don't you just stay for a little bit longer? We're going to get a new agent next week um just hold on before you know you go trying to find another one because you may you may not be able to find one for a minute so just stay here and we're going to get another agent don't worry about it. we're hiring next week and i decided okay and i was reluctant to do so but i decided okay i'll stick around yeah. and sure enough the agent that they picked up who was a rookie you know she was mm -hmm. just starting out but she hustled her off so mm -hmm. she got me in the door to uh feature and I was able to book it, and that was the end of that. So everything wow. from that point forward. If I had left that agency, I don't know if I'd be talking to you guys right now. Wow. Um, was that feature the Charles Bronson one or no? Nope. nope. Okay, that something. Was, okay. Uh, that was Virginia Madsen and Craig Sheffert, whole feature film uh, with those two actors in it as the leads. Yeah. And I had a supporting role. So once that was out and released i was able to garner you know a couple other feature projects and then went from there to television so if i had not 
stayed there. I don't stayed know. There. You may wow. not have done that. Did you have scenes with Virginia Madsen in that film? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. Because I was in, it was a Romeo and Juliet sort of thing. So there was a yeah. boys and a girls camp. Yeah. So I was the supervisor at the boys camp. So they, there was not supposed to be any mingling. Yeah. I think, so. yeah. Did you even mention that to her when she guest starred on our show later? I mean, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I've yeah. worked with her three times. I've oh, 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 three times, and I worked oh. with her brother two times. Wow. I huh. with, yeah, she, you're an honorary Madsen. You are. I. I <laughs> you're Timothy. You're Touchdown Madsen. <laughs> Timothy Daryl Madsen. That's your name. Okay. Wow. I know it's wow. crazy, man. That worked with her that many times is just wild. So yeah. yeah. Again, you know, could you predict it? You know. Um, yeah. And then the night that you were working on the Charles Bronson movie, I was there too. Remember, we talked about that. That so, is correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, coinc how that, coincidental is that? Crazy. I, I'll you're... tell you something else that's coincidental. I worked one day with Avery Brooks. Oh, wow. LeVar Burton, LeVar Burton and Avery. Avery Brooks, LeVar Burton, and Kate Mulgrew. Oh, she no. was in there too. <gasps> that We wow. all worked the same day. We worked the oh, same day God. on set. That's yeah, insane. Way before, way before all the other stuff getting involved. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, how could you, again, how could you possibly have known? You I know? know. I know. It's it's insane. But I, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate you and your time and your wisdom. We've learned some new yes. things for sure. Yes, we have. Um, stories I've yeah, never heard. We, we've <laughs> never, ever heard of some of these stories, but we know about them now. So thank you for that. And, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. break them out that often. It's just no. once in a moon, I'll break them out. This, yeah. this, they're very relevant for this particular conversation. So yeah. yes. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into our episode with our wonderful guest, Tim Russ. And join us next week when we will have yet another guest that we will be having a deep dive with into their life and their early formative years and whatnot. And for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Mm -hmm.